Hello everyone and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Pop That Mama and in this episode I'm joined by Mike Jander who will be sharing his experience of being a birth partner. We're also going to be talking about the postpartum period and the challenges of becoming a new parent. Enjoy listening. Most of you would have listened to Sophie's birth story. It was a super empowering story told beautifully well by Sophie. I thought it'd be really great to hear her husband and birth partner's perspective on the birth because we rarely get to hear this. We can hear so many birth stories online that are told by women, but we rarely get to hear from the birth partners. So Mike is with us today and he's going to be sharing his perspective on the birth and also some insights into the postpartum period, which again is an area that we don't get to hear uh, from dads. So I'm very excited. Mike, over to you to say hello and do a quick introduction. Hey, Poppy. Thanks for having me. My name's Mike. I'm Sophie's husband. Sophie was on the podcast uh, last month, as as you said. I'm a holistic lifestyle coach uh, and health coach, and I've been doing that for about 10 or 15 years now. And uh, a big part of what I do is to to bring out the best in people. That's, That's why I decided to be a coach, and that's what I enjoy the most about coaching. And you know, I like to share my experience to help others. It's another big part of what I do. So I think that uh, being on this podcast and being able to share my experience in the realm of birth uh, in regards to being a birth partner and, and a husband and a father um, is going to be great. And hopefully it's going to help out a lot of people. So I'm excited to be here. Amazing. Thank you so much, Mike. And yeah, thank you for being here. I'm sure, well, a lot of women will be listening with their birth partners. So I hope, uh, yeah, they take a lot from this. So let's just get stuck into the birth, shall we? How was it for you, Mike? It was a marathon. It was a marathon. I'm sure it was more of a marathon for Sophie, of course. But um, look, I think uh, I didn't really know what to expect. And I, I was definitely humbled by the experience. It was, um, it was definitely something. Um, you guys heard the story from Sophie, but it was, a, it was 22 hours of active labor. And kind of uh, some of it was at home. You know, she labored, labored, labored all night at home. And then the rest of it was in the, in the hospital. Uh, and, yeah, it was, it was just really, it was really uh, challenging because... She started labor at about 10.30 p.m. So we'd already had a full day. I'd had a full day of normal work. Hmm. And uh, Sophie'd also had a full day. And then um, it, it kind of began as we were going to bed. So Gosh. It, uh, it really, when, when, you're, when you're sleep deprived and when it's such a marathon like that, it's kind of like, um, you know, when, when it goes that long, and, and, and you, you're just so fatigued and you don't know when it's going to end and you've never done it before and you don't know what to expect. It's just very, very challenging. But, um, but look, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely one of those experiences in life that, um, that you'll always remember forever and that you, you can always be, look back and be proud of. And I'm so proud of Sophie for how she pulled through it and, and the resilience she showed and mm. um, the courage she showed. And, um, you know, it was it was a challenge for both of us, but definitely much more so for her, obviously. So I was just uh, 
I was just there trying to do what I could to support her. Amazing. And I saw some of the videos where she was on the birth ball and you were holding her shoulders. The whole thing looked so amazing. And Sophie actually shared the moment which uh, at which Jasmine was born with me and it was beautiful and you just looked like you were in your element like you knew what to do so talk to us about the kind of prep that you did well uh yeah we actually did some some prep we we did a birth class uh, a virtual birth class with the hospital it was supposed to be in person but because of covid it ended up being virtual so that went for about six weeks and there was a bunch of other couples who were all expecting it around the same time. And we were all uh, there on our on Zoom every week and they were taking us through kind of what to expect uh, during, during the last half of pregnancy and during labour and, you know, uh, during birth and what to do after the baby's born and all that. So we had a bit of education and also Sophie's background is, you know, Sophie's a qualified doula as well. So she knows what she's doing, um, but so she's right into the birth thing um, as a you. So um, she 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 really was keen on doing all the all, all the classes and all the extra prep, which which is great. We also did hypnobirthing as well, which is um, I'm sure you know about hypnobirthing. It's kind of a modality where you you learn how to uh, associate birth with kind of calm emotions and in, instead of instead of fear and instead of panic and in, instead of pain mm-hmm. you associate birth with with beauty and nature and calmness and uh you learn to kind of embrace birth as a natural process rather than rather than be scared of it and absolutely so that was great that was really good for Sophie to prepare and uh, really good for me to prepare as a birth partner because we learned a lot of techniques that really helped during the labor, like, mm. um, like with uh, rebozo, which is like a Mexican woven, woven cloth. Um, there's a shake the apple tree technique where you uh, put the rebozo around, around, the, around your partner's stomach and you kind of shimmy it, you know, and it helps to relieve the, the pain, especially the back pain. Um, it makes labor easier. Yeah, um, yeah. you move the pelvis sorry it wasn't around the belly it was around the pelvis it was around the the back of the pelvis you shimmy it kind of t- to the si- side to side and it helps relieve that back pain and just promotes healthy movement in the pelvis it's really really cool and that was one of the things that we did throughout the labor um to help relieve sophie's back pain because she had some pretty severe back pain for most of the labor yeah, she said. The great thing about that technique is it's a real hands-on role for the birth partner. Yeah, it's a workout. <laughs> it's a workout, yeah, and you feel like you're actually doing something because a lot of the stuff that we kind of learned in hypnobirthing was to do with counting, breathing, light touch, massage, things like that, which actually for Tom and I didn't work. So it's interesting that you learn these techniques, but you only really know what, what works on the day because everyone's different. Yeah, well, there was a lot of the light touch as well for us, and uh, in the water effleurage as well, and um, and all that. We used we used the whole shebang, but I just remember the rebozo being particularly effective. So that was the thing that we kept going back to. And Mike, were, were there any points where you just felt helpless? Yeah, uh, definitely. At about, gee, there was a point where. 
things kind of had stopped progressing. Um, and I was kind of started starting to wonder, you know, like what's going on, you know, it just didn't seem, it didn't seem to be the way it was supposed to go because, you know, it was, everything was going so well up until that point and everything kind of just seemed to stop for several hours and it just was starting to feel like it was never going to happen. <laughs> you know, when you're in that sleep deprived state and yeah. you start to get a bit delirious and things just seem to, things just seem, things start to affect you uh, more than they usually would. So I, uh, I felt, I felt like I, and also Sophie was in a lot of pain. She was in a lot of back pain. It was that annoying back pain that just wouldn't seem to go away. And it was stopping her from being able to focus on, you know, moving things along and, 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 you know, breathing through the contractions and pushing. Um, and she didn't really start pushing, I guess, until we got to the second hospital because we had to get transferred, you know, as you, as you remember from the story, but, um, yeah, it was just that that period where things just sort of stopped progressing. I felt very helpless and I I, I just felt very, um, I guess, worried, I guess is the word. Mm. I was worried that things weren't going well. But um, when, when we transferred to the second hospital and we had a new team rush in, a new team of midwives and everything, and um, this boss lady came in called April and she took over and um, she kind of made me feel at ease because she was very, uh, you know, she took control of the situation and she was encouraging Sophie to start like really pushing. And Sophie, Sophie had kind of almost given up because it was, it was just, her back was in so much pain and she didn't feel like she could push because the, the, her back was in so much pain and it was really debilitating. But April kind of really helped to encourage her that, that, she and helped her realize that she could do it and she could she could actually push and it proved to her that she could actually push this baby out so after that she started to actually push and, and it started to actually make a difference and things started to move along again and you know and then that's when everything just uh got got better and then and then jasmine was born you know quite shortly after that point so um it was just that middle period where things really slowed down. I felt quite helpless. And when, when Soph was in a lot of back pain. Yeah. And yeah, so good that the midwife just stepped in at that moment and, and helped, you know, from a professional point of view, she's seen this before she knows what to do. Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah, she was the new midwife, the, the, um, because the, the midwife that had been with us for most of the time, um, she wasn't with us anymore because we were at a different hospital. So mm. This she just this new midwife, she just wanted to avoid the the cesarean, basically. Yeah. Because if if things didn't move along for much longer, that's where it was headed. And none of us wanted that. Mm. Goodness. And um yeah, one thing I, I really wanted to ask you was how did you find the experience of watching someone you love in in pain? Oh, it was it was very difficult for sure. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, it's just something that's, it's, it's very confronting, but it's also natural. It's, it's, it's something that most people do at some point in their life is, you know, oh, I mean, most women, that is, yeah. they give birth. 
it's 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 a natural part of life and um as a birth partner you've just got to be there and be as supportive as you can and and you know that's that's your role you mm. can't really do much else and you've got to try and stay positive and mm. um and just just comfort them as much as you can and and just be, try and, and and be be patient be resilient be supportive be be uh optimistic and just see it through you know it's mm. a, it's a marathon it really is i mean yeah. obviously every every labor is different mm. some labors are are quick but it's it seems to be quite rare you know most labors are are pretty are pretty long and, and arduous yeah so it's, first time first time mums you know it's usually quite because mm-hmm. we we went into labor uh in the evening as well exact same so so it was kind of like well there goes our night sleep so just when you're getting ready yes. for the end of the day and getting ready for bed to be hit with that which you it's very common because at night time you know it's dark it's safe so lots of women actually go into labor at night but it's not ideal when you're knackered <laughs> Yeah, it makes sense. It's the the parasympathetic nervous system uh, mm. switches on, and you know when the when the sun goes down. So yeah. you know it's it's naturally, like you said, it's a safe time to give birth. Going back to our ancestors when we used to live in caves, exactly. you know, it's the time when the time when you you're you're safe in in your in your uh, shelter. Yeah, not ideal for the modern human, which has had a really busy day. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Thank you. This is so interesting. So what would you what would you tell to a birth partner who is listening, who is feeling anxious about their role? I would say, you know, it's like I said, it's a it can be a very arduous and, and trying process, but it's but it's natural and it should be embraced instead of feared. Right. Because life is full of different challenges and they're always going to whether whether it's this challenge or a different challenge life is always going to be full of different challenges so you have to embrace the challenges and just do your best do your best mm-hmm. in the moment and your best is always going to be different depending on the situation and depending on the resources you have available yes um your 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 best changes from from day to day depending on you know what what you've got available to you in the situation so just do your best and be as supportive as you can and em- embrace it and you know it's it's a, like i said before it's a it's a moment it's an event that you'll never forget yes it's the birth of your child so be be a part of it don't be scared of it mm. and embrace it and um you know it's it's so worth it there's so many challenges that come with it but it's so worth it when you look at your baby and your baby smiles at you and you know like I look at little Jasmine and she giggles and smiles and she's starting to inter- you know she's starting to play with her toys and starting to you know she's always smiling and giggling and so um, sweet. It's like every day she's changing into this beautiful little girl and mm-hmm. it makes everything every challenge of parenthood and birth and what have you 100% worth it mm, i agree i agree and it's almost as though that birth experience 
in a way does kind of set you up for being a parent because it's just like, whoa, this is, you know, mar- this huge marathon and challenging and, it, you know, all of those things. It kind of, <laughs> It's the birth of the parent in a way. And that's not to say that you need to, you know, go through the contractions and the pain in order to, you know, have this rebirth. You can have a C-section, whatever your birth is, but it's just that experience of your child being born into this world that hits you and is, you know, it's like the rebirth of parent. Yeah, it's like a rite of passage. Yes. Like you, you, you go through this, this, this challenging process of birth. Mm. And, you know, that's why they call it giving birth, because you're, you're giving this gift to a child. The child's coming into the world and yeah. through, 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 great, through great pain and sacrifice on the mother's part. Yeah. But, but it's so worth it because it's the, the, it's the, it's the, the best thing that you could do. Yeah. you know so is there anything on the birth side before we kind of move on to the postpartum period that you wanted to share you know just to reiterate about about the fear and anxiety that you might have about the experience um try to be excited instead because it's actually the same you'll find it's the same emotion if you really feel into it fear is just really just excitement and anything in life that's worth doing Anything that's worthwhile is always on the other side of a bit of fear. So just embrace it, do your best, go into it and, and go into it and don't try to, ex- don't have expectations, I guess I'm trying to say, mm. because that's what I found. If, if, if I could do something, if I could go back and do it again, I'd probably have less expectations. I would go into it with more of a, I guess, more of an open mind about what to expect. Because then, then when things don't go the way you want or when things take longer than you thought they would or when things are more challenging than you expected, it's not such a shock. Um, and you can, you can kind of go with the flow a bit more. That's I mean, cool. we got through it, but we got through it. But I think that's something that if, if I could do it again, that's something I could have done better is just have less expectations Mm, Um, that's brilliant yeah so two bits of really good advice feel the fear and do it anyway and uh let go of your birth plan (laughs) surrender it's good to have a plan but um you know often the plan doesn't go to plan so yeah just don't don't beat yourself up about it just do what you've got to do but focus on getting through it and at the end of it you get a beautiful baby so it's worthwhile Lovely. And I love what you say about the kind of fear and excitement being very similar because physiologically they are similar in terms of like how your heart races and you sometimes you can mistake being fearful for actually being excite, excited. That's right. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're very similar. And um, if, you, if you tell yourself you're excited mm. instead of telling yourself you're scared, just try that and see what happens. You'll be able to do, you'll be able to do wonderful things. Amazing. That's kind of a lesson for life, I think. Lovely. All right, then. So let's move on and talk a bit about the postpartum period. So the newborn stage definitely has this kind of bad reputation, reputation out there, you know, lots of crying and big, massive shock to the system. Um, But how, how was it for you, that kind of early stage of parenting, becoming a dad? How was it? It's it's very very challenging. It's very challenging. It's it's beautiful to have the the new baby, and it's a miracle. And you know, I th- it's it's this strange phenomenon because 
it's like if the <laughs> we, Sophie and I used to joke. We used to say if she wasn't if if she wasn't so cute, we'd throw her out the window. You know. <laughs> yeah, I've heard of the throwing out the window one. I think every parent <laughs> felt that way in the beginning, especially. No one says it though. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, people joke about the sleep thing, but it's like really, the sleep thing is just is brutal. Like you just don't get any sleep for a while. Um, and that's, that's been, that, that was the most challenging thing for me, definitely. And for Sophie, it, it, there's just, there, there was a period of like three or four weeks where neither of us really slept much at all. Um, you know, just a few scattered hours per night if we're lucky, but it was, and then you end up fighting because you're both always, you're both always you know, operating from a place of sleep deprivation. You're not operating at your peak. You never get to operate at your peak. You're always sleep deprived. So everything you have to deal with, you have less patience, you have less tolerance, you have less energy. So everything's harder to deal with in those first few weeks or, or first couple of months even. That's that's what makes it so hard is, is the lack of sleep. And that just has a knock-on effect into all the other areas of your of your life. So you know, um, that's I mean to answer your question, that's what I would have said is that's what I would say is the hardest thing about it, and that's what it was like for me. Yeah, definitely, that resonates. And like you say, everything is just you're just exhausted, so you're snapping more. You're seeing life through a bit of a more a negative lens because you're tired. We all know what it's like to be sleep deprived. It's horrible. But imagine day after day, night after night. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, and not only not only are you sleep deprived, but you have so much extra stuff to to worry about than before, right? You have you have this new this new little human. This, this little pink sausage that's just screaming all the time and yeah. um, just always just needs your constant attention mm. and you, you don't get any time to yourself. You don't get to do the things you used to enjoy doing. You don't, you don't get to focus on even things like work. Like, mm. I mean, I, I was working from home. I had a, obviously I had some time off, but um, I work for myself. So I, I, I need to at least keep, keep things moving. Otherwise my, my income just completely dries up. So, um it's it's hard when that's the that's the situation so um just trying to balance just trying to balance everything and adapting to this completely new lifestyle was was a real challenge yeah so you were working from home that whole time whilst you were sleep deprived so you were working in the day and not sleeping at night yeah that's right yeah and then you know obviously there's um like like we say like we've said there's less tolerance for one another. So we you snap more easily and you have arguments about stupid things. And, mm. you know, it's just a bit of a, it's a bit of a battle, you know, it's a bit of a battle, but it's, it's worth it. If you get through it, you got to get through it. It's, it's something that everyone who has a, everyone who has a baby goes through it. It's I'm, I'm, I'm confident that it's pretty similar for every couple who have a baby. It's um just one of those things. Yeah. And it will, it will get better. It will, it does get better. It gets a lot better. Yeah. A lot better. I don't know about you, but did you find the first sort of three months was the time, you know, the amount of crying? Because Juniper would cry on average, maybe sort of 
an hour and a half to two hours, sometimes even three hours every day for no reason. We would change her. You know, she would have slept, fed, all of those things that she'd just cry. And no one told us that that is just what newborns do. So then you obviously think that you're doing things wrong, but then you look at other parents and they're like, uh, yeah, they, they just cry. That's just what they do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I listened to your podcast, uh, actually, uh, a few months ago where you talked about, um, how babies cry as a stress relief. Yes. And I found that, I found that really interesting. Yes. Yes. And, yeah. And, and definitely, definitely was the case with Jasmine as well. She, um, we're, we're actually very lucky with Jasmine. Um, as much as I'm whinging and complaining, <laughs> she's actually a very good baby compared mm. to compared to most. She uh, she cried a lot in the first kind of maybe six weeks, right. um, but then she really settled. She really settled down after that. We we try to keep our home environment really calm um, as much as we can, and we also went away on a couple of. We've been away um, on a couple of trips with with Jasmine, so. And, and she also is a really social baby. She loves people. So anytime when there's people around, she's very happy. So we're very lucky. Um, she's quite a good baby. Yeah, I think that's a big thing. The temperament of the baby makes makes a big difference, doesn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely, of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's something that you can't control. Another thing that you can't control. Yeah, well, I mean, except for maybe... Um, you know, during pregnancy, if you're exposed to a lot of stress, yes, it, it could probably affect the temperament of the baby, I'd imagine. So if you're, if you have a calm, if you have a nice, calm, relaxed pregnancy, that probably, I imagine will probably help. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm no expert, but uh, it seems to be uh, pretty uh, intuitive. Yeah. That that, that that might be the case. Yeah, I agree. Makes sense. If you're stressed, that's, you know, you're the home for your baby. So it's definitely going to, you know, pass on to them, not to scare anyone, because obviously life is stressful, especially at the moment with what's going on in the world. Um, but I think mm. that you know, what you say, you just need to protect yourself in that period. Well, uh, yeah, on that note, I mean, I one thing I tell my clients is always just always focus on focus on your own backyard, so to speak. So focus on what you can control. So, you know, you mentioned the world situation. It's, it is stressful and it, is, it can be scary, but you don't have to look at it. You can just look at what you can control, look at what's in front of you in your own life that you have influence over. What can you do within your own life to make things better for you and those around you? Um, and yes. focus on that, you know, that's Couldn't all you can do. And if you just, yeah, if everybody just did that, that would that would immediately make the world better absolutely and and a good a good kind of first step is to stop watching the news um because yes. you don't need you don't need to you actually don't need to i mean get the kind of headlines and that's what i do i just get the headlines so i'm aware of what's going on in the world but i don't i don't plug into it because it's it's always bad and it's not good for my mental health to to hear about terrible things going on in the world in detail great to know have an overall sense of you know what's going on but yeah i think that can really help with uh, mental health absolutely the news is is completely toxic these days but bringing yeah. it back to the early stages of parenting uh, one thing i wanted to ask you mike is how did you find juggling the roles and responsibilities 
of of that early stage of parenting and the kind of you know the friction of well I'm doing more than you and those kind of conversations how was that for you and and, you know feel free to be honest I'm sure Sophie won't mind because I'm sure she'll listen yeah it's uh it's tough it's tough and we actually we actually went to we 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 went we have a counselor so we've been going to counseling for for a while like I think about two years we haven't gone for a while now and we don't always go often but sometimes we go to the counselor because it can be re- it's a really great tool um, it's a really great resource to have someone to have a neutral party to just you know help to mediate because sometimes in relationships um, when you're both stressed and when you both have your own issues um, going on it can really be hard to communicate effectively and it can be really hard to understand where the other person's coming from without that mediator. So, um, you know, in the early stages, I, I definitely recommend um, get, just getting a counsellor or even a friend or, or a neutral party to help mediate when, um, when you're clashing about certain topics and you just can't seem to come to a middle ground. And especially if there's blaming going on and criticism going on and, um, you know, and you just can't seem to be on the same page. It's instead of instead of just um, instead of just bashing your head against a brick wall and and just having the same argument every day and getting more and more resentful of each other. Um, it's it can be really useful to bring in a mediator and help understand each other and res- and resolve it. And then you learn tools. You don't just resolve the issue, but you also learn tools to help to prevent it from happening again. You prevent, you prevent future arguments of the same nature and you learn to understand each other better and you learn to have more empathy for each other. And uh, so that would be, you know, that would be the, uh, that, that, would, that was one of the most effective things that we did. But yeah, juggling everything was, uh, juggling everything was definitely tough. Yeah, that's a really good piece of advice. And it's not, admitting you know you're not failing if you go to counseling I think a lot of people feel that they've failed or something's really terribly wrong but actually we all need a bit of counseling in our lives and I feel that every parent should get some form of counseling in in the early stages to to get over those hurdles and to be better parents it's it's hard to do it all alone I think yeah and like we said earlier we're doing it from a place often from a place of severe sleep deprivation Mm. and and fatigue and you know your fuse is just your fuse is just so much shorter than normal you have so much less tolerance than normal you're you're not you're not operating at your at your best by any means as a new parent you're operating close to your worst actually so you have to remember that you can't you can't expect to you can't expect to be in that kind of state and then and somehow have unlimited patience and unlimited um, empathy because mm. you know you can't you can't give from an empty from an empty cup you can't pour from an empty cup as they say mm, absolutely and um one of the big parts of becoming a parent is you know the fact that you have to give up things that you used to do for yourself uh yeah you know, going out with friends, going to the gym, there's lots of sacrifices that, that you have to make in order to be there. Um, and then also just making sure that 
you and your partner still have those things because you're still a human with the same needs. How have you found that part of parenting, the kind of giving up and the sacrifices? And It's been okay. Uh, I, I just had a couple of, for me, it was just no, no big deal, just a couple of hobbies that I kind of had to give up. Um, and going to the gym a bit less. I used to work in the gym. I worked in the gym for over a decade. But these days, I just go to the gym, you know, to train, to, to, to stay in shape and to, you know, to exercise. But, and, and so I was, I was doing that five times a week. And after Jasmine was born, I, I, had to, I had to cut it down to just two or three times a week. And sometimes not even that. And now it's still, it's still a balancing act. Like, you know, it's still, sometimes I still miss a lot of workouts. and. It's, I find it's really important that I try to get exercise because I'm sitting on I'm sitting on my butt at home working these days instead of being on my feet in the gym kind of coaching people and training people um, so there's a big there's a big difference in my overall energy expenditure now compared to when I was working in the gym so it's important that I try to get to the gym but um with with being a new parent, you know, it's just, it can be hard to find the time because we, we take turns looking after Jasmine. I like to, I like to look after Jasmine so that Sophie can go out to mother's groups. And also Sophie likes to, Sophie's just recently started back up at the gym as well. So it's just a balancing act and, but we're, you know, we're, we're making it work and you slowly kind of find your groove. Um, it's just a balancing act, I guess. You just have to, you have to make, sacrifices here and there but um as i say it's definitely worth it because when you when you look into your little baby's eyes and they smile at you and they giggle and they make little noises and mm -hmm. they start to develop it's just it's just the best thing and it's the best thing there is so it's worth every worth every bit of of, of compromise i agree agreed and yeah Totally agree with the balancing act and something that you work on almost daily, I think. And that changes. Sometimes you need more time and sometimes, you know, Sophie will need more time and that's okay. It's not going to be equal every single day because things come up and, you know, um, I certainly find that it changes. It's not like fixed that I do this and Tom does this. It, it changes depending on our energy. You know, yesterday I just was so tired and I, and I didn't even need to tell Tom that it, I'm not doing anything this whole evening. He just picked up on my energy and thought, okay, he he had lots of energy, so he took on more. I think it's like quite an energy thing as well, following your energy. Yes, I think there's a lot to be said for that. Yeah, it's good. It's good also to organize an arrangement so that at least one of you can get some sleep, because that's that's something that Sophie and I did uh, that that really helped. I started sleeping in another room uh, every every other night, so that I could so that I could actually function and, and do my job and and actually perform at work because I you know I do coaching and and sales for work so a lot of a lot of my work involves having high level conversations with people and helping people you know helping to guide people to make decisions in their life and how to help coaches improve their business and how to help people improve their health. 
and also uh, selling selling coaching to people as well. So, you know, it's a lot of stuff that requires me to be pretty switched on and I can't just be a zombie and still function highly at that stuff. So um, having turns of, of, of kind of getting a decent sleep was, was, a, was a big game changer. Yeah, that's that's something that uh, that works well. And then if I've had if I've had good sleep, I can def- I can pick up more of the slack for Sophie as well. I can help out more um, around the house as well, and take care take better care of Jasmine during the day so that Sophie can have a rest. And yeah. um, it just yeah, it it fills my cup up so that I can give more. Definitely, we did the same, especially in the early stages when Tom couldn't breastfeed. I just said to him, "There's no point of you being awake. You sleep. Put your earplugs in. So if anyone doesn't have a spare room, or you know, they there's nowhere else for them to sleep, just put some ear earplugs in, and then that's what Tom did, and he just slept because there's no point. He couldn't do anything, and then that meant he had more energy for his job, more energy for housework, more energy for looking after us the next day. It's a really, really good piece of advice. Yeah." Absolutely. Yeah. So how was your expectation of fatherhood different from your reality? I think I was a bit naive because people did warn me. People did warn me that I would about the sleep thing, but I just thought it was kind of, I just thought it was a, um, I just thought it was a cliche. You know what I mean? Um, But it's, 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 it's so true. It's so true. You just your sleep just gets hammered. Yeah. So, um, I, I guess yeah. I guess I was expect I was expecting it to be, you know, at least a bit affected. I, I was expecting the sleep to be not great, but I wasn't. I wasn't prepared for the reality. It was just yeah. It was it was it was rough. And then uh, also just the the lack of control of your of your schedule the lack of control of your free time. Mm. It's the other one that I was not quite a hundred percent prepared for. Yeah. And there's almost no, there's nothing you can really do to prepare for those things. It feels. Well, you know, here's the thing for the first time, your life is not about you anymore. Really. Which is huge Mm. because, and I've heard it, I've heard it said, I mean, you know, this might be a, bit of a bold thing to say but this is something that I've heard someone say um I've heard it said that you don't really grow up until you have a child because because if you don't have a child you you're never really responsible for something outside of yourself mm. so when you have a child you're you're fully responsible for another human being outside of you outside of you yeah, you've got to keep you've got to keep this other human being alive at all costs. Yeah. And and make sure they grow up into a dependable, um, independent, good person mm. to contribute to the world in some way. Which, and it's which, up to you to make sure that happens. Like that's a big responsibility. So it's huge. Um, so when you bring a child into the world, you, you got to, that's, that's what you're doing. You, you're literally, it's a huge, huge thing. So you definitely don't come first anymore, at least for, for quite a few years. Yeah. 
and that that experience in itself can be quite hard to grapple with if you've all if you've always only thought about yourself and your needs and suddenly you not being number one but also there's the whole relationship dynamic that changes you know I know in the beginning my time was with Juniper and things like the affection between Tom and I touching his shoulders or, you know, lots of stroking or whatever we used to do, sitting in front of the TV, watching a movie, cuddling. By the end of the day, I I had no time for that. You know, I was constantly being so physical with Juniper, being close to her, that those things also, you know, there's that the dynamic in the relationship. You're also not, Tom's not number one, especially in the beginning. We've, we're now sort of equals. But in the beginning, he wasn't number one. Juniper was number one. So that that's also another thing. Absolutely, yeah. It's 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 tough, you know. There is definitely that that shift in dynamics, and um, you you know you you start you start to take a back seat as a as a husband. Um, but I mean, to be honest, you're usually too tired to care anyway. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, that's what I find anyway. But yeah. um. But, you know, it gets better, right? It gets better. You start to, you start to get a bit more freedom. The baby starts to have a schedule and sleep at regular intervals, and you know, have a bit more of a predictable schedule. So you can actually make, you can actually plan to do fun things. You can actually make time for for each other. You can arrange, you can arrange for parents or relatives or friends or whoever to take care of the baby every now and then so you can have a date night like there's things you can do absolutely um, and just got to be creative yeah and when they go to bed at a certain hour um like juniper goes to bed at half seven to eight so we have dinner time at the table every day every night together so like you say as soon as they're on a schedule everything gets better i think <laughs> yeah and and sophie's very you know, she's wired that way. She, she loves routine and schedule. So we had one in place fairly early for Jasmine. Um, so what advice would you give dads to be listening uh, now about how to navigate those first few months? Just be patient. As, just be as patient as you can and um, just hang in there. Just remember that it, it, it gets better. And it's it's all going to be worth it, you know, when when the baby gets a bit older and starts to smile and interact and and play with you and laugh. It, it it's just it makes it all worthwhile. In the beginning, it's kind of like just a, a pink sausage that won't stop screaming. But <laughs> yeah, mine wasn't pink, but uh, no, no, she's quite pink yeah, yeah. actually. Um, <laughs> That's really good advice. And I don't know about you, Mike, but I certainly am enjoying being a mum, being a parent more and more as time goes on. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, um, that's what I mean. I think as the as the baby starts to come into their own and develop their own little personality, it, it becomes much more rewarding. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a little bit more of a two-way street. Like you, it's yes. a bit more of give and take instead of just give. Yes, yes. And I speak about this on another podcast. But I think, you know, we have to be honest that those, those beginning weeks, we are giving and there there is nothing back. Well, you know, they, no. they smile at six, six weeks, and you're like, oh, 
hooray, something. But yeah. let's be honest, in the beginning, it is give, give, give. And, and that's also quite an interesting experience where you're like, whoa, like this is this is really, this is really one way. Um, so I definitely speak really open and honestly about that. And I, I started to bond with Juniper more and more as time went on, because in the beginning, of course, you love them and there's a deep love. But in terms of a bond and a connection, that's a two way process. And I feel that there is definitely it's a it's a love that is growing, you know, rather than something that gets switched on, if you know what I mean. Yeah, well, in the in the early, you know, again, like in the early weeks, um, she was just she she would never she, she couldn't smile yet. She just would stare blankly and just always cry. So it's it's like there's no interaction, and and also it's co- compounded by the fact that you're well, we we were constantly sleep deprived, um, and and grumpy, and you know, it was just it's just, it's brutal. But then, but if you you know fast forward to now, Jasmine, you know, I can I can I can kind of bounce her around and, and and kind of swing her around and she laughs and giggles and and she plays with toys like she'll press you know we got this little musical book and she presses the buttons and even at five and a half months she's already doing that and she's starting to like uh almost crawl like she's waving her arms and legs around and looking around lifting a little head up and um look she's she's looking at things and observing things and smiling at everybody and and it's just it's growing as you said it's, it's growing and you can see her developing into that person yeah it's it's beautiful yes agreed and um yeah so it's so obviously you work you've been working from home you work from home so you get to see jasmine you know every day in the same way that tom sees uh, juniper every day and tom's got a wonderful bond with juniper but i know it's hard for some dads who have to go back to work and they get back home and it's just bath time and then you know in the morning they're there for breakfast but briefly they've got to go in to work things have changed but obviously things will get back to that i think um but how mm. how did you how did you go about bonding with with Jasmine? Well, I think you said one of them. Um, I mean, you know, first of all, I'll start by saying I was very lucky because, I mean, I am very lucky to be at home every day and I don't ever have to really leave the house. It's I'm quite blessed, actually. Um, so it's easy for me to bond with Jasmine because I'm always here. Um, like I'll play with her between calls, you know, and... I'll get to give her a cuddle between between talking to clients and um, we, you know, if I've got a gap in between calls, we'll duck out and go for a walk as a family with the pram or we'll jump in the pool here in the complex or, you know, we do all kinds of cool things. Um, and and it's, I'm, I'm really lucky and I, I really, I do appreciate how lucky I am to be able to do that. But for the dads who have to go back to work and be away from the baby, um, I would suggest just using, just making the most of those of those experiences, like bath time, the, the, those those daily rituals. That um, you, you can turn it into a really fun bonding time. You can turn it into a really a really fun, uh, positive, um, nurturing experience, and the the baby will start to associate that daily experience with 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 daddy and with the growing relationship with daddy. And so if you if you come home and you're all grumpy and tired and you just rush bath time and, you know, 
then that's going to be the association they form with with that part of the day. But if you if you take your time and really be pre- be in the moment and and be present and and really focus on really focus on interacting with the baby and you know taking notice of the way they respond to the water and the way they respond to the toys and when you tip when you tip water on their back or on their head how they how they how they respond and make eye contact you know um it will become it will become something you look forward to every day and it becomes something it becomes something the baby will look forward to every day and you form that that bond and it becomes one of the most valuable times you actually spend with the baby and that's just one example of bath time but there's also other things you can do as well but um, that that was just i mean that's just an idea off the top yeah. of my head lovely do you have any ideas I would just say, you know, exactly what you said, really, which is about savoring the time. So if you, even if you've got 15 minutes in the morning where you're feeding them breakfast, it's so tempting to once you get that email notification to check and respond or the WhatsApp and the phone, the phone is just such a big distraction. And I have to consciously say to myself, OK, I'm going to put my phone away and I'm just going to be with Juniper. And in those moments, it's just you know, this whole world opens up her, exactly what you said, like watching the water go on her back and just paying attention to those details in that precious time that you have with them, especially if you're back at work and you've only got the 15 minutes or half an hour, it's actually the quality versus the, the quantity of time and switch off from distractions and just be with them. And you'll be amazed by just how much happens in that time. Yep. Mindfulness and, and presence. Yeah. goes a long way lovely oh this has been great so nice to chat with you mike so good yeah to great do this. to be here yeah i know you love a good podcast so i was very keen to get you on board <laughs> you're always listening to podcasts fantastic it was so lovely to catch up with mike and i hope you guys found that useful As always, I am on Instagram, popthatmama. Do drop me a message or follow. I am trying to grow my community in order to get this positive message out there. So would love it if you guys could head over to Instagram and give my page a follow. If anyone would like to leave Mike a message, then feel free to DM me and I will pass that on. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Hi guys, if you're still here, that is amazing. I'm just adding this announcement onto the end to let you guys know that my online hypnobirthing course Birthbox is now live. Go and check it out. I've put so much love into this. It's an immersive course that's split up into video and audio content. So really giving you a flexible learning experience. And the content is designed to help you feel better prepared, more informed and confident and excited for birth. So if you want to feel like that, then go and check it out. I've put everything into this, lots of love, lots of passion. And I really hope that you feel that as you work your way through the course. So uh, go and check it out in the link below and have a lovely day.